That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? Well, where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. This is a continuation from the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Audio Theatre. Our last addition to the Dog Days of Advent, our final episode, coming to you on Christmas Day. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy decision I made in uh, wanting to do this story, The Christmas Carol. Uh, it was a lot more work than I anticipated, and um, yeah... <laughs> uh, I have to say thank you very much to Sonia for giving me the uh, time to um, do my thing and um, do all the editing and everything. And I, I, there was a couple episodes where I wasn't happy with the editing. I had uh, tried to take all the breathing out, the breaths, and so I was listening to the final product, and it was like super choppy and <laughs> kind of thing. And I was, I was just like, yeah, I did that when I was tired. And anyway, it was a big task. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed everybody's contributions, Nutty. I hope you feel better. All those food podcasts I listened to uh, on my way to work in the morning certainly made me hungry at coffee time. <laughs> and Chris, good to hear your voice again. And uh, you, you think it's cold there? This week has been minus 34 when I wake up in the morning with a wind chill. And they're saying I'm below that. So wind chill is the, uh, you know, I think everybody Everybody knows what it is. Uh, the the w rate in which the wind takes away the heat from your body. <laughs> so they were saying with the wind chill, it felt like minus 45. Uh, they actually closed the schools one day uh, this week for the kids. And then uh, they, uh, the buses were not running for the other three days of the week. So they needed a ride from their parents or they weren't going to school because it was too cold. And uh, I live, I think I've said it before in the podcast, I live at the foot of the Rocky Mountains here in Alberta, and we get this really cool thing called the Chinook, and that's happening this weekend. So Christmas Day, it's going to be plus 2 degrees Celsius. We're going to go from minus 34 to plus 2 degrees Celsius <laughs> for the weekend for Christmas. And then I think we get a deep freeze kind of hitting us again on the 28th, where we drop back down again, and it'll be a yo-yo until the summertime. But hey, that's... We know that. We live here. We That's what it is. <laughs> Mark, wow. Your, uh, your podcast, I wish, I wish, I wish I had done something like that. I really enjoyed it. Very creative. I loved your sound library and all the um, voicing that you did. Superb, sir. Superb. High five. Mad Marv, I know we only heard a couple things from you, but it was good to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, this is the Dog Days of Advent again for 2022. Last podcast I'm going to do for this year and uh, probably the last podcast, uh, well, this is the last Christmas podcast I'm going to do for this year for sure. I will go back to doing uh, Aladdin here. I'll finish that one up. 
uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, with this next week off, I probably have some time to record. Uh, but I have to beg the time from my wife, who's been very patient with me, going down to the basement every night and editing like a mad scientist until I should have been in bed hours hours later. Anyway. <laughs> oh, right. Well, without further ado, here is the final part, part 14 of A Christmas Carol. I hope you enjoy it. From all of us here at Masterpiece Audio Theatre, we wish you to sit down around the fire, pull up a chair, grab a blanket, grab a cuddle buddy if you have one, and partake with us on the final installment. Stave five, the end of it. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, time before him was his own. To make amends in. I will live in the past, the present, and the future, Scrooge repeated as he scrambled out of bed. The spirits of all three shall survive within me. Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and the... Heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees! He was so fluttered and so glowing with his good intentions that his broken voice would scarcely answer to his call. He'd been sobbing so violently in his conflict with the spirit, and his face was wet with tears. They're not torn down! cried Scrooge, folding one of his bed curtains in his arms. They're not turned down, rings and all. They're here. I am here. The shadows of the things that would have been may be dispelled. They will be. I know they will. His hands were busy with his garments all this time, turning them inside out, putting them on upside down, tearing them, mislaying them, making them parties to every kind of extravagance. I don't know what to do, cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath and making a perfect lycoon of himself with his stockings. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. A merry Christmas to everybody. A happy new year to all the world. Hello there. Hoop, hello. He had frisked into the sitting room and was now standing there perfectly winded. There's the saucepan that the gruel was in, cried Scrooge, starting off again and going round the fireplace. There's the door by which the ghost of Jacob Marley entered. There's the corner where the ghost of the Christmas present sat. There's the window where I saw the wandering spirits. It's all right. It's all true. It all happened. <laughs> really, for a man who had been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh, a most illustrious laugh, the father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. I don't know what day of the month it is, said Scrooge. I don't know how long I've been among the spirits. I don't know anything. I'm quite a baby. Never mind. I don't care. I'd rather be a baby. Hello, whoop, hello here. He was checked in his transports by the churches ringing out the lustiest peals he had ever heard. Clash, clash, hammer, ding, dong, bell, bell, dong, ding, hammer, clang, clash. Oh, glorious, glorious. Running to the window, he opened it and put it out his head. No fog, no mist, clear, bright, jovial, stirring cold, cold, piping for the blood to dance to, golden sunlight, heavenly sky, sweet fresh air, merry bells, oh, glorious, glorious. 
What's today? cried Scrooge, calling down to a boy in Sunday clothes, who perhaps had loitered in to look about him. Eh? returned the boy with all his might of wonder. What's today, my fine fellow? Today, replied the boy, why, it's Christmas Day. Oh, it's Christmas Day, said Scrooge to himself. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. Hello, my fine fellow. Hello, returned the boy. Do you know the porter is in the next street but one at the corner? Scrooge inquired. I should hope I did replied the lad. An intelligent boy, said Scrooge. A remarkable boy. Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up in there? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me? returned the boy. What a delightful boy, said Scrooge. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck. It's hanging there now, replied the boy. It is, said Scrooge. Go and buy it. Walker, exclaimed the boy. No, no, said Scrooge. I am in earnest. Go and buy it and tell him to bring it here, that I might give them the directions where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. The boy was off like a shot. He must have had a steady hand at a trigger. Who could have got a shot off half so fast? I'll send it to Bob Cratchit's, whispered Scrooge, rubbing his hands and spitting with a laugh. He shan't know who sends it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Joe Miller never had such a joke as sending it to Bob will be. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one, but write it he did, somehow, and went down the stairs to open the street door, ready for the coming of the bolter's man. As he stood there waiting his arrival, the knocker caught his eye. I shall love it as long as I live, cried Scrooge, patting it with his hand. I scarcely ever looked at it before. What an honest expression it has on its face. It's a wonderful knocker. Here's the turkey. Hello, Hoop. How are you? Merry Christmas. It was a turkey. He never could have stood upon his legs, that bird. He'd have snapped them off short in a minute, like sticks of sealing wax. Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Downs said Scrooge. You must have a cab. The chuckle with which he said this, and the chuckle with which he paid for the turkey, and the chuckle with which he paid for the cab, and the chuckle with which he recompensed the boy, were only to be exceeded by the chuckle with which he sat down breathless in his chair again, and chuckled until he cried. Shaving was not an easy task, for his hand continued to shake very much, and shaving requires attention, even when you don't dance while you're at it. But if he had cut the end of his nose off, he'd have put a piece of sticking plaster over it and been quite satisfied. He dressed himself all in his best, and at last got out into the streets. The people were by this time pouring forth, as he had seen them with the ghost of Christmas present, and walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded everyone with a delightful smile. He looked so irresistibly pleasant, in a word, that three or four good-humoured fellows said, Good morning, sir, a merry Christmas to you. And Scrooge said often afterwards that, in all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, those were the blithest in his ears. He had not gone far when, coming on towards him, he beheld the portly gentleman who had walked into his counting-house the day before, and said, Scrooge and Marley, I believe. It sent a pang across his heart to think how this old gentleman would look upon him when they met. But he knew what path lay straight before him, and he took it. My dear sir, 
said Scrooge, quickening his pace and taking the old gentleman by both hands. How do you do? I hope you succeeded yesterday. It was very kind of you. A Merry Christmas to you, sir. Master Scrooge? Yes, said Scrooge. That is my name, and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon, and will you have the goodness? Here Scrooge whispered into his ear. Lord, bless me, cried the gentleman, as if his breath were taken away. Matter Scrooge, are you serious, sir? If you please, said Scrooge. Not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me the favour? My dear sir, said the other, shaking hands with him, I know not what to say to such magnificent... Don't say anything, please, retorted Scrooge. Come and see me. Will you come and see me? I will, cried the old gentleman, and it was clear he meant to do it. Thank you, said Scrooge. I'm much obliged to you. I thank you fifty times. Bless you. He went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted the children on the head and questioned beggars and looked down into the kitchens of the houses and stood up to the windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamt that any walk, that anything, could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his steps towards his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But he made a dash and did it. Has your master home, my dear? To the girl. Nice girl, very. Yes, sir. Where is he, my love? said Scrooge. He is in the dining room, sir, along with the mistress. I'll show you upstairs, if you please. Thank you. He knows me, with his hand already on the dining room lock. I'll go in here, my dear. He turned it gently and slided his face around the door. They were looking at the table, which was spread out in great array, for these young housekeepers are always nervous on such points and like to see that everything is right. Fred, said Scrooge. Dear heart alive, how his niece by marriage started. Scrooge had forgotten for the moment about her sitting in the corner with the footstool, or he wouldn't have done it on any account. Why, bless my soul, cried Fred. Who is that? It is I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? Let him in? It is a mercy that he didn't shake his arm off. He was at home in five minutes. Nothing could be heartier. His niece looked just the same. So did Topper when he came. So did the plump sister when she came. So did everyone when they came. Wonderful party. Wonderful games. Wonderful unanimity. Wonderful happiness. But he was so eagerly at the office the next morning. Oh, he was early there. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late, that was the thing that he had set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine. No Bob. A quarter past. No Bob. He was full eighteen minutes and a half behind his time. Scrooge sat with his door wide open that he might see him come into the tank. His hat was off before he opened the door, his comforter too. He was on his stool in a jiffy and driving away with his pen, as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello, growled Scrooge in his accustomed voice, as near as he could feign it. What do you mean by coming in here at this time of day? I am very sorry, sir, said Bob. I am behind my time. You are, repeated Scrooge. Yes, I think you are. Step this way, sir, if you please. It's only once a year, sir, pleaded Bob, appearing from the tank. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. No, I'll tell you what, my friend, 
said Scrooge. I am not going to stand this sort of thing any longer, and therefore, he continued, leaping from his stool and giving Bob such a dig in the waistcoat that he staggered back into the tank again, and therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. Bob trembled and got a little nearer to the ruler. He had a momentary idea of knocking Scrooge down with it, holding him and calling to the people of the court for help in a straight waistcoat. A Merry Christmas, Bob said Scrooge, with an earnestness that could not be mistaken, as he clapped him on the back. A merry Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, that I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavour to assist you in your struggling family, and we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop, Bob. Make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, as good as a man as the good old city knew. Or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh, and little heeded them, for he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, at which some people did not have their fill of laughter in the outset, and knowing that such as these would be blind anyway, he thought it quite as well that they should wrinkle up their eyes in grins, and have the malady in less attractive forms. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits, but lived upon a total abstinence principle ever afterwards, and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge, may that truly be said of us, and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, every one. The End Listening to Empath Studios' presentation of the Myths from Around the World, a special Dog Days of Podcasting contribution. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. The stories that we have shared can be found at Gutenberg.org. We can be found on Facebook on the Masterpiece Audio Theatre page, on Nimlas.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjans.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 unported license. Thanks for joining us. Starting up into a half-recumbent attitude, found himself face to face with the unearthly visitor who drew them. As close as... As close as... As close... As close to it as I am to you now, and... As... Ah! <coughs> 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 <coughs>